Well, welcome to the Fraser Podcast. My name is Jared Dormany, and I'm Minister of Music here at Fraser Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And we are so glad that you tuned in to hear this message from our Pastor Emeritus, Dr. John Ed Matheson. You know, it's really a special season here at Fraser Church as we've begun these Wednesday night services. And just last night at the Wednesday night service, we had an ice cream truck, so we were able to have an ice cream social after the service. And there's just such a sweet spirit of the Lord in this place right now. And so if you are local to Montgomery, we would love to invite you out on a Wednesday night at 6 p.m. to come and experience these worship services or to either one of our Sunday morning services at 8.30 or 11 o'clock. The Lord is doing a mighty work here, and we believe He has something special for you as we dig into the Lord's Word. Dr. John Ed Matheson has brought such incredible leadership to this church and the city. For the past 51 years, he has either been senior pastor or pastor emeritus, and so we are so thankful for the work that the Lord has done through him. But before we hear his message, let us listen to the scripture that John Ed will be preaching through. He's bringing a word from Luke 14, verses 12 through 24, and so let us hear the word of the Lord. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return, and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the cities, and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we ask in these moments throughout this message, Lord, that you would speak mightily through your word. Father, come and have your way in our minds and our hearts and our souls. And Lord, speak. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome, John Ed. For many people, they see it, life is a rat race. Listen, if life is a rat race for you and you win... All that makes you is number one rat. <laughs> and don't turn down and make excuses. My property. A second excuse, a guy said, hey, I bought five oxen of cattle. I've got some new cattle. And I want to go, and I like what the Bible says, try them out. I want to check them out. Nothing wrong with that, is it? Except that it kept him from going to the feast. Now hear me. It's easy to make an excuse not to be involved in the church and not to go, but ask yourself the question, what's my motive? Is it because of what I want to do? 
and I don't place a very big value on that invitation, what does it really mean? And then the third one, and man said, I just married. I got a wife. Some folks said that might be the only one that had a legitimate excuse <laughs> for not going. Now, before you laugh, let me tell you why. Write down Deuteronomy 24.5. 24.5, Deuteronomy. It said that if you get married, that for one thing, you don't have to serve in the army. In other words, marriage takes place of serving in the military. And secondly, you don't have to be engaged in some kind of business. In other words, there were certain perks that came with being married. So when he gave the excuse, he thought, that's a legitimate excuse. But the man who invited him didn't think so. Let me tell you, a lot of times we might make an excuse. And we might say to ourselves, that's pretty legitimate. What about the one who gave the invitation? How legitimate is it? Okay, let me talk about the second invitation. You see, when they came back and nobody came, nobody wanted to come, the man then said, hey, go out there in the highways and the hedges, go everywhere, and wherever you find anybody, invite them. Can you imagine what that would mean to a Jewish mind? I mean, a lot of those folks were unclean if they're Gentiles. And you want us to go and invite them to come and sit down and eat at a feast? And you, you can read it that. I can give you a few passages of Scripture that if you want to see how people were looked upon, over and over again, Luke always said that when Jesus came, he came to set captives free. He came for the prisoners. Said he came for the poor. He came for those who were sinful. He came not for those that were healthy, but those who needed a physician. Get this. Jesus was always more interested in the poor and the outcast and the folks that most of us turn our nose up than he was anybody else. And he said, go find those people. And when he came back, he said, how'd it go? They said, well, fairly well, but not too good. There is still plenty of room. And I said, okay, all right. Just go anywhere and find anybody and bring them in. Now, that's what the, let me tell you what the church is about. The church is not about having rank where folks have a certain, you know why free Methodists got the name free? One reason. About 150 or 200 years ago, you could buy your pew in the church. And if you bought your pew, nobody else could sit in it. So when you came on Sunday morning, you had your pew. Now, we still have some folks that think they've got their pew sometimes <laughs> and get a little upset. But you know why the free Methodists broke away? They said, that's wrong. You don't need to buy your pew. Every pew is what? Free. And you come, and that was one of the reasons it was named the free Methodist. He said, it's like the grace of God. It's free. So he said, bring everybody in. Whoever you find, I want you to bring them in. And so they started and they came and everybody was invited. Now let me conclude quickly. I'd like you to just look at some of the lessons that are learned. And maybe you can write these down and I hope you'll reflect on them. In this passage of scripture that Kelly read, I just find six lessons 
that I want to hold up before you that I hope I learn and I hope you learn and it'll make a difference. Remember, this is about a heavenly feast. It's about what the kingdom of God is like. We prayed a while ago the Lord's Prayer. What did we pray? That God's kingdom would come where? Here. On earth as it is where? This whole passage is about what heaven's going to be like and you can experience it here on earth. It's about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not for the future only. It's also for the present. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. It's among you. <clears throat> it's present. So let me give you five, six quick things. Number one, it's about a feast. It, when Jesus wanted to tell what heaven was going to be like, what did he pick? A celebration, a feast, a banquet, a place where folks laughed. In the church today, sometimes we've gotten the wrong idea that if you have fun, you must be doing something wrong. John Wesley after whom the free Methodists, we follow that path. Wesley, he said the biggest mistake he made, listen to me, he said the biggest mistake he made early was he felt like people ought to be more disciplined and strict. And he made this statement, if you laugh as a child, you'll laugh when you're an adult instead of working. And he started a school in Kingsbury, which is right near Bristol. And it was for young people. Now get this. He said that every young person had to be up at 4 a.m. and spend the first hour and a half in prayer and Bible study. Now, can you imagine kids today, 4 a.m.? And on Fridays, they had to fast until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, I don't want that laughing and fun stuff. I want you to be serious and disciplined. And he later said that was a big mistake. You know, I like to be around folks that are happy. Uh, somebody asked Father, are you a Christian? He said, yeah, I'm a Christian. He said, then you ought to notify your face about it. A lot of folks look like they've been baptized in vinegar. <laughs> I mean, they got the longest face and just walk around. Get this, this whole passage is about celebration. My daddy used to say, some people cause happiness wherever they go. <laughs> Others, <laughs> whenever they go. <laughs> and I've been around too many Christians who didn't want to have any fun. You see, a feast, it's about being happy and laughing. Secondly, it's about excuses. If you get ready to make an excuse for not doing something, ask yourself the question, am I valuing the person who's invited me and is my excuse valid? A third thing, it is a picture of heaven on earth. If you want to see the kingdom of God, it's a feast. Everybody's been invited. They come and they enjoy it. They're not special seats. Everybody is celebrating. The fourth thing, when they came back and uh, the, the person issued an invitation said, how's it going? And they said, well, everybody wouldn't come. You know what he said? There is room for more. Say that phrase with me, room for more. Say that. The biggest danger of a church that does well is to become satisfied. And what God's always telling us is, hey, there's room for more. And no church 
No church, no Bible. Nobody. There's always room for more. And so the man said, look, go back out again. And whoever you find, bring them in. And then the fifth thing, remember that every person is important. I want you to notice this. Every person, the poorest person, the most handicapped person, the least educated person, the one who's done the worst in life or the best, every person is important in the sight of God. And when we stand in front of the cross, the ground is level, regardless of where we've been, of what we've done. And the last thing, I just want to remind us where we started. This whole passage is couched in the framework of humility trumps rank. Nobody has rank. Humility is the way that we should walk. Humility trumps rank. I wish I had time to go a lot into this, but let me just give you two quick examples of folks that sat right where you sit in the past. One was Park Henman. He was a general in the Air Force. He set the record at the Air Force Academy for being the highest score ever on the physical fitness test. He scored perfect. The first person ever to do that. He was multi-talented. He came here. Do you know what I learned about Park? He's a general and he was retired. But he always wanted to serve in the least conspicuous place and he would take the toughest job. And you know what he did? He went to work for the food bank. Now, as a general, everybody was saying, yes, sir, to him, tell him what he's doing. Now, all of a sudden, he was dealing with people who were complaining about what he was doing. And he had to deal with complaints. And he had to deal with other parts of the state that did not provide food. Guess what Park Hinman did? He made sure that this food bank not only fed the folks in the Montgomery area, but it went out... It became the largest in the state. Now he was a general, but he did the work of a private. And he, went, he was a great leader. And let me just mention one other. I was gonna mention three or four, I don't have time, but just one other. Uh, he was here some time ago. His name was Lance Lord. He became a four-star, am I correct, four-star? He was, you don't get more than that. And there were only a few four-star generals. And I told him one day, Lance Lord, I said, General Lord, I don't know if anybody could be higher than you. You're a general and you're the Lord. I mean, you got all of it right there. <laughs> well, let me tell you, he was one of the most humble person who was ready to serve and nothing was beneath him. And I remember when he wanted to do something, you know what he wanted to do? He said, I'd like to work out in a parking lot where it's cold and hot. And I'd like to do, and he started volunteering for things. Now, he's the highest ranking general anybody around here had ever met. But you see, service outranks a rank all the time. It trumps it. Humility always trumps rank. I don't know what you're doing. Don't know what God's calling you to do. But I can tell you, this parable tells us, hey, invite them. Bring them in. RSVP. 
Now here's a question I would ask. The first two invitations, you know what the RSVP was? And it wasn't good. My question is, what's your RSVP? When God's inviting you to something to serve, to be a part of a community of faith, to help other folks see that the kingdom of God can be right here on earth. And it's a celebration, a feast. Tell you, I look forward to the heavenly feast. But I don't think we'll experience the heavenly feast unless we experience the earthly feast. Which Fraser is just one place that God's asking us and there's room for more and what's he calling us to do? Father, thank you. Thank you. And I pray that we might learn well the lessons and that we might follow them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.